Well, Brian Kelly said when he was asked about adding depth into the transfer portal that they would be focusing defensively and on the offensive line. So who do they have their eye on? Who's an option and who is no longer an option? All that plus so much more on today's edition of Locked on LSU. You are Locked on LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thanks for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, you can also find us on YouTube as well. So you can watch us at home on your smartphone, on your smart TV. You can also listen to us on the go on whatever your preferred podcast platform might be. My name is Caroline Fenton. I'm your host, as I am every single day. You can follow me on Twitter at Caroline Fenton one. You can also follow along for podcast updates at Locked on LSU. However you listen, wherever you listen, however you keep up with the podcast, however you communicate with the podcast, just appreciate you for being here. And always appreciate you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. So Brian Kelly, when asked about uh, the transfer portal, when asked about how they would approach this spring transfer portal period. He said they'd be looking to add depth, depth pieces, not looking necessarily for a certified starter. If that turns out to be the certified starter, then great, then wonderful. Then you found a good piece. You found a solid uh, option via the transfer portal that was able to come in and make a name for himself and get acclimated, understand the system, all those great things. Adding more depth is always a good thing. Adding starting players, starting caliber players, an even better thing as well. Brian Kelly said that they'd be focusing on the offensive line. He also said that they would be focusing defensively. Didn't specify exactly which defensive position he was talking about, but just defense. We can probably assume maybe defensive line. We can assume in the secondary, looking at the corner position and how many pieces they brought in via the transfer portal, looking at the safety position and some of the injuries that have been plaguing that position. Of course, we know Greg Brooks was in and out of spring practice, ultimately was out of the spring game with an ankle injury. We know that Major Burns also missed a majority of the spring with an injury as well. So you're looking at a lot of young guys that are filling in those safety spots, Javion Toviano being one of them. And while I'm encouraged by Javion Toviano. While I'm encouraged by everything that I've seen, everything that I have heard about some of these young defensive players, really young players as a whole, but specifically these defensive players, specifically guys that can fill in at the safety position, I'm not going into this season, or at least that's my philosophy, is I'm not going into the season banking on two freshmen who have never taken a snap in college football before to be that you're kind of saving grace at that safety position. I'm not going to put all of my eggs into an unproven basket. So that's what I'm thinking defensively is especially one of those positions that LSU was targeting in the transfer portal. And we know that based off of some of the offers that have already been given out in the transfer portal. One is not a name that we have talked about yet. And that is Rhode Island defensive back Antonio Carter II. Now, he will be taking his official visit to LSU this weekend. So big weekend for transfers. Recruiting visits are going to be on a little bit of a pause until early June. Looking at that first weekend of June after Memorial Day weekend, you have a good bit of transfers coming in. Excuse me, not transfers, recruits in the 2024 and 2025 classes. We'll have some transfer portal 
uh, players visiting this weekend. So that's at least something to look forward to, to hear how that visit goes, um, how they kind of wine and dine some of these transfer portal players. But Antonio Carter II will be one of them. When we talk about transfer portal players and Brian Kelly's priorities, Looking at some of the boxes that he checks, Brian Kelly has looked at guys that are from Louisiana, bringing them back home, guys with experience. However, guys with experience and also have years of eligibility. And while Antonio Carter is not from Louisiana, he's from Orlando, the Orlando area. He does come in to LSU as a grad transfer. So with four years of, of college football experience under his belt, but with two years of eligibility remaining. And if you listen to yesterday's episode, I talked about how I, for some reason, have the most difficult time trying to calculate how many years of eligibility remaining players have, like given redshirt years and given COVID years. This is one of the reasons why people, this is why I struggle so mightily is because Antonio Carter has been in college for four years and he has two years of eligibility remaining. It's confusing. I struggle with it. If somebody asks me, hey, Caroline, you get two options. You can write a thesis on aerospace engineering or you can write, you can just figure out how many years a guy has left uh, of eligibility at NCAA, I'd probably lean toward aerospace engineering. And I am no aerospace engineer. I don't know why it's so hard for me. Just bear with me here, people. So he's from Orlando. Spent the last four seasons at Rhode Island. So in 2022, Antonio Carter started all 11 games. He recorded 60 tackles on the season, fourth best on the team. At four and a half of those 60 tackles were for loss, one sack, one interception, and 10 pass breakups in the 2022 season. Now, in the division that Antonio Carter plays in, they only play 11 games. So kind of take those stats with a little bit of a grain of salt because what we might know as a good or solid season um, is in a 12-game season. So you kind of take that with a little bit of a grain of salt. In 2021, in his junior year, uh, uh, started in 10 games, played in all 11, and redshirted for two years. Uh, But in those redshirt years, still had special teams contributions. Majority of his snaps, both in those redshirt years and those junior and senior years where he was starting and playing in a majority, if not all of those games, um, majority of those snaps came at corner. Now, Antonio Carter has played as a box safety, um, but just not as much work at the safety position that he has been getting at the corner position. So can be a versatile guy, can be a special teams guy, can be a corner, can be a safety if you need him to be, but that's where his he really shines, and that's where majority of his work has come, is at the corner position. And also... It's a good thing, too, looking at a guy who has special teams experience. I think when you're coming in, especially in this transfer portal period, you need, if you want to get that starting time, you need to be able to offer some of those special teams abilities. And that's exactly what Antonio Antonio Carter could potentially come into LSU or wherever his next landing spot would be, what he could bring. He's a hot commodity. This is going to be a tough competition for LSU in in Antonio Carter's uh, recruitment. He's got offers from Notre Dame. He'll be uh, visiting Notre Dame this weekend. Offers from LSU, obviously. Offer from Florida. He will be visiting Florida the same weekend he visits LSU. So taking a little road trip to Gainesville, coming up to Baton Rouge. Um, He will also be visiting Notre Dame. He's gotten um, offers from Wisconsin and Kentucky and Ole Miss. Now, he's already taken visits to Ole Miss and Wisconsin, had a visit planned this weekend to Kentucky, but has since canceled that visit. But he's still going on visits to LSU in Florida, so that tells me his recruitment is still very much so open, just maybe something specifically at Kentucky happened, or maybe he's looking at the 
offers that he's gotten is just not interested in, in pursuing that Kentucky opportunity. But a good sign for LSU that he's canceling. He canceled this visit to Kentucky, but still wants to go see LSU. So it's going to be a, a very competitive recruitment. Um, Florida, Notre Dame, Ole Miss, Wisconsin. I mean, they're all massive football programs. LSU, if they want to land Antonio Carter, is going to have to pull out the big guns. And it's looking like they might have to uh, to really seriously pursue Antonio Carter, given other players at that position that LSU has offered that have not, or uh, rather committed other places. And we'll get into that coming up next. But before we do that, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Y'all know I love Built Bars because I'm always looking for healthy alternatives to good snacks. I want to have a delicious snack. I want to feel like I'm indulging, but I don't want all the sugar and all the calories. So Built Bar is perfect for that. If you're like me, you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise on that taste, then Built Bar is the perfect thing for you. They're healthy and they taste amazing. They taste amazing because they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. I mean, how many snacks do you find that is covered that is healthy and covered in 100% dark chocolate? And they come in great flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream. So delicious. I don't know how they do it. But they make them taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. Because for years I've been telling you that you can get your Built Bars at Built.com, which of course you can still do, but you can also get them at Walmart. Head to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick them up in a 4-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or the coconut puffs. Or if you're closer to Sam's Club, run in there, grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter puff and churro puff. So delicious. So good for you. You can thank me later. Well, thanks again for making Locked in LSU your first to listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And every day is coming up on tomorrow's podcast. We'll get back into the SEC win totals. What does Vegas think about teams around the SEC? And who could be LSU's biggest threat? in the SEC West. We'll get into that on tomorrow's edition of Locked on LSU. LSU has a visit with Antonio Carter, the defensive back out of Rhode Island this weekend. It'll be a competitive recruitment for him. But what is also obviously proven to be a competitive recruitment is for another position or player at that position that LSU has been targeting and is obviously competitive because LSU lost that competition. Trey Amos, the defensive back out of ULL, has just committed to Alabama. So just a little bit of a refresher of who Trey Amos is. Um, He's from New Iberia. He's got two years of eligibility remaining. He was a three-star out of high school, six foot, 175 pounds, and really blossomed at ULL. He had 34 starts in three years. In 2022, recorded 35 tackles, one of those for loss. He has one career interception on um, in his career so far at ULL, and that came in 2020. But he has been visiting top programs across the country, visited Alabama, obviously visited Texas A&M, had an offer from LSU. He has most recently committed to Alabama. Look, it's going to happen. Like if you haven't realized by now, and especially the defensive back position, given Alabama's reputation with defensive backs, Nick Saban's track record with developing uh, defensive backs and getting them to the league and make, turning them into first round picks. And then obviously LSU as well. DBU, um, just it's a it's an LSU studded defensive back group in the NFL. It's two perennial programs that develop 
great defensive backs. It's going to happen. You're going to lose out on those guys to Alabama, to A&M, to Georgia, to Florida, to teams across the, the SEC and to teams across the country. If you haven't picked that up by now, both in the recruiting and transfer portal, now you know it's going to happen. But that also just proves even more need to continue to recruit and to continue to send out those offers to players that you deem fit in the transfer portal. It adds more necessity to finding some of those players. You need secondary depth. You you need that secondary depth. Trey Amos is not going to be one of those guys that's going to be able to help you out. Now you're playing against him. That's the double-edged sword of being in this league is when you are competing in the most competitive division, in the most competitive conference in all of college sports, you're going to get the best players because the best players want to compete against the best. The best players want to be the best. However, you're not the only team in this division. You're not the only team that's really hyped up this offseason. You're not the only team that is considered to be a national title contender. That's where those players want to go, and that is where – Trey Amos is headed to Alabama. It's a bummer. It sucks. Continue out on the transfer transfer portal recruiting trail, and you'll find those pieces that can supplement that defensive back room. Coming up next, it is a mailbag Wednesday. I'll get into all of your questions coming up next. Well, thanks again for making Lock and LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Happy Mailbag Wednesday. I know it's a Thursday. Mailbag Wednesday on a Thursday. Honestly, frankly, because yesterday I forgot. I got caught up with the over-under win totals, and here we are. Um, But let's get into it, into your questions. Remember that every single week you can send me questions via Mailbag. Um, You can send them in on Twitter, at CarolineFenton1. You can DM me. You can send me a tweet, at CarolineFenton1, at LockedOnLSU. You can also comment those questions down below. I take questions all week long. I just get to them on a Wednesday. So feel free to send in all those questions, any topics of conversation that you'll need to touch on on next Wednesday's podcast. Send those in. Always appreciate hearing from you guys and always appreciate you taking your time to send me those questions and to make Lockdown LSU part of your day. First question. And when I say, you know, Mailbag Wednesday, it can be LSU football, basketball, baseball questions. It can also just be questions. You want to get to know me a little bit better? I love that. And that's why I picked one of these questions, um, kind of a personal question to me. Somebody asked me, what's the best LSU game that you've ever been to? And I feel like everybody, doesn't matter how young or old you are, doesn't matter how long you've been an LSU fan, when you have that one game, that's the first thing that comes to mind. And this was mine for me. And you know, full transparency, I was at the national championship in 2019. It is forever going to be one of the greatest memories of my life. In my former job, I was able to be there on the field. And you know, when you know, the clock struck zero and the confetti fall, I got to be there and got to be on the field. It was coolest things. One of the coolest things that has ever happened to me. I always say, like, I apologize to my future wedding and my future children because that might trump all of them. Um, so that's the obvious answer. But the game that first came to my mind was 2018 Georgia. It was my senior year at LSU. Georgia came in undefeated. Georgia was a top three team in the country at the time. And LSU was good. Um, that was Joe Burrow's first year at LSU. They were a really solid team. That was Devin White's final season at LSU. LSU was good, but they had lost a few games. Lost to, to Florida on the road at Florida, which was a, a kind of a brutal game. Um, Joe Burrow got beat up in that game. It was super physical, super competitive. 
Um, started off the season that year, you know, beating Miami, even though nobody gave LSU credit in that game. Nobody wanted to pick LSU to win that game. That game was also awesome. But so LSU was good that season. It was a 10-win season, went to the Fiesta Bowl, but Georgia was the overwhelming favorite in that game, obviously, because they came in undefeated, top-ranked team in the country, um, and LSU won. And it was totally unexpected. It was such a freaking fun game. The band played neck. We stormed the field. And that was really before storming the field became, like, cool. Uh, I feel like in the last couple of years, it's a big win. You storm the field. We stormed the field. LSU did when we beat uh, Ole Miss. When we beat Alabama. Tennessee did when they beat Alabama. I feel like it's becoming, like, kind of just a thing that you do. When we did it in 2018, back in my day, in 2018 when we beat Georgia, it really storming the field was not as big of a thing. So that was cool. It was the only time I got to do that, um, storm the field. And I was at the game as a fan. A lot of times when I was in school, I was covering the games. I was on the field for work purposes, but I got to be a fan. So I was in the stands with all of my friends. One of the last few home games that I got to go to as a student and be a fan. So that one really sticks out to me. Massive win for LSU. Just really fun day for me and all of my friends. Just really fun day to be an LSU fan and really fun to see so many sad Georgia fans walk through through LSU's campus. So that one probably stands out to me as um, the best, the most exciting. That's not named the the national championship in 2019. Um, so thanks for that question. Love those personal questions. Second one, this one really made me think. This one really made me, you know, kind of – take my purple and gold lenses off and take my my LSU fandom off and really think about it as I almost drop my mic. Um, think about it critically. And so I, I appreciate it. That that's why I, I chose this one for this week. Said so if you were Garrett Nussmeyer, would you have transferred? It's a tough question. It really is. And I implore you to think about it, to think about it really seriously, not through the eyes of an LSU fan, but to think about it if you are Garrett Nussmeyer. I think that was all of our biggest fears. This offseason is once Jaden Daniels was named the starting quarterback, would Garrett Nussmeyer choose to transfer and be a starter anywhere else? Because, I mean, Garrett Nussmeyer is a starting caliber quarterback in college football. He's a starting caliber quarterback in the SEC. If you wanted to go out and find another home, I'm sure that there would be several coaches and programs that would have welcomed Garrett Nussmeyer with, with open arms. And he didn't. He decided to stay at LSU. And we all breathed a big old sigh of relief on April 30th whenever the transfer portal period had closed and Garrett Nussmeyer ultimately had decided to not transfer. So it's really hard because it's hard for me to take off my LSU fan hat. It's hard for me to think about it objectively if I am Garrett Nussmeyer because I didn't want him to transfer. Of course not. I didn't want LSU to go into this season with only Jaden Daniels and a true freshman and Ricky Collins in the quarterback room. I didn't want that. I wanted Garrett Nussmeyer to be a reliable backup, more than reliable backup. I wanted Garrett Nussmeyer to stay in that room so we knew who would be the starter next season, that we knew that we could trust the starter next season, and that this quarterback room would be in much, much, much better shape for the next two, three, four, five years if Garrett Nussmeyer stayed and Ricky Collins stays and Colin Hurley stays, you know, the 2024 uh, quarterback commit. But honestly, if I'm Garrett Nussmeyer, I probably would have. And it's hard, right? Because I don't know Garrett Nussmeyer's priorities. I think that the number one goal for any player in college football, especially playing at the level that you're playing at at LSU, 
your number one priority is to get to the NFL. Your number one priority is probably to be a first round draft pick, to create generational wealth for your family, to be able to play this game at the highest level you've always dreamed of probably ever since you were a kid. Okay, so that's the goal. You think about what's the best path for me to get there. Recent history would show that a lot of times you have to go somewhere else to get that opportunity. Joe Burrow had to come to LSU to get that opportunity. If he would have stayed at Ohio State, I don't think we'd be talking about Joe Burrow the same way we talk about him now. Think about Baker Mayfield. He had to go from Texas Tech to Oklahoma to get that opportunity. Think about Justin Fields. He had to go from Georgia to Ohio State to get that opportunity. Think about Will Levis. He had to go from Penn State to Kentucky to get that opportunity. And of course, there are several quarterbacks that didn't have to leave. Caleb Williams is another one. I had to go from Oklahoma to USC to win the Heisman. Probably could have done that in Oklahoma, but he did transfer. Of course, there are several um, successful quarterbacks that never had to transfer. Trevor Lawrence being one of them. He started at Clemson. He finished at Clemson. He won a national title at Clemson. He was the first overall pick after staying at Clemson. So there are plenty of, of examples of players being incredibly successful of by not transferring. But there are also a lot of examples of quarterbacks that have been successful because of transferring. I probably would have looked at that and said, look, I'm not getting my opportunity here. In order to go to the NFL, in order to play at the highest level, in order to be a starting quarterback on Sundays, I need to play snaps. I need to be in front of scouts' eyes. I need to get experience. But then you can also look at it and look at other priorities. How big of a priority was it for Garrett Nesmeyer to stay at LSU? And I think that was a really high priority for him. That kind of loyalty is something that I admire so much in Garrett Nussmeyer because it's not something that you see very often in college football these days. A lot of times, like I'll take Bo Nix, for example. Bo Nix grew up a huge Auburn fan. It was his biggest dream to play at Auburn, to be the starting quarterback at Auburn. And what a cool story that he did that. But even all of that considered, Bo Nix still had to transfer to Oregon to set himself up for success. And Bo Nix will be a fairly high draft pick next year. I don't know if he'll be a first rounder, but he'll be a second or third rounder in next year's NFL draft. That's really big. Would he have been able to get those opportunities at Auburn? Considering all of the stuff that that, that program has been through over the last couple of years. Maybe not. So I admire that Garrett Nussmeyer made staying at LSU such a massive priority for him. That he sees something special in this program. That even if his number one priority is making it to the NFL, he still sees LSU, even though it's not the easiest path to being the starter immediately. He still sees LSU as his best option to get there. That even if his number one priority is getting to the NFL, LSU has to be in the conversation. That getting to the NFL and winning a championship at LSU, are priority 1A and 1B, I gotta respect that. While simultaneously respecting a player by making a decision, maybe a really tough decision, to go out and do what's best for them if it's not at the original school they played. So it's a really, really tough decision. It's a tough question for me to ponder, especially being an LSU fan. Um, but it has a lot of factors involved in it. Transferring is not an easy decision at all for anyone, I don't think, because you have to weigh all of those factors. You're going to leave your original place just to compete for another job elsewhere? Maybe what Walker Howard's looking at right now. 
but Walker Howard at least wanted an opportunity to compete. That's what he's getting at Ole Miss. It's not what he's getting at LSU. I think that it was a really tough decision for Walker Howard to leave LSU, but those were his priorities, and that's totally valid and totally fine. So I kind of challenge you to think about that a little bit because I think it might make you, when you think about it, it might make you understand Garrett Nussmeyer a little bit more. It might make you respect Garrett Nussmeyer a little bit more. Not that I ever thought that it was possible that I could have more respect for Garrett Nussmeyer, but it's interesting to think about. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. Every dayers tomorrow on the podcast, more SEC win totals. I love it. I love discussing what Vegas thinks they have in store for, for SEC football this upcoming season. All of that coming up on tomorrow's episode of Locked on LSU.